You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Welcome back, Podfather. Hey, hey, I'm happy to be back. Greg Ectus. Mike is strapped in and ready to go this week. My Josh Rogers impression here. I'm wearing my belts. And Tony Groves. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Well, welcome. Well, today's show, it's the calm before the storm. Next week is the build week. And we're going to talk about all the content coming out. And uh, there's a lot of stuff to go over, especially with the missed week or, uh, or a different kind of show last week. So let's get into it. Also, don't forget that you can follow along on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show. You can see for yourself all the great topics and products that we discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting the show notes. We do hope to see you there. Sim Coaches offers the realistic sim racing equipment you need to win more races online. It is designed for real racers, hydraulic pedals. Construction makes them feel just like the real thing. High quality construction, 100% leak proof and lifetime warranty are the key features with these pedals and they look absolutely amazing. Check out simcoaches.com and use the coupon code iRacersLounge to get 5% off your purchase. Simcoaches.com is your ticket to feel like you're actually sitting behind the wheel of a car. Drive harder and stay on the limit longer. And I saw $500 off for Black Friday on those. Yeah, I wonder if that's still available. Y'all should have all jumped on that. Let's jump on to topics instead. NASCAR practice and qualifying are returning in 2022. This doesn't necessarily directly affect iRacing, but it's still good to, to hear. Uh, so what do, you, what do you guys think? Did you hear that, Mike? You're required to practice now. Oh, is that what that means? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you from a, uh, a fantasy standpoint, this is really, really good news. Get you some info before the race. Uh, yes. Heck yes. Especially, um, you know, kind of early on with the new car coming, um, this at least sheds a little bit of light as to what we'll see going into the weekend. So yeah, I'm happy. So I was thinking the iRacing angle on this is qualifying. They have a different format for qualifying. Does that mean that we are going to have a different format for qualifying for NIS or any kind of NASCAR oval racing. I hope not, Mike, just because it's like the knockout style, unless they were able to do it, you know, like individually and still with the knockout. But other than that, I think it would just be silliness. I was, I wouldn't mind seeing it for leagues um and maybe hosts but for official when you're wanting to jump in and get your pickup race going uh, a knockout qualifying at a road course man um you're going to be sitting there for 30 minutes before you start the race 
Yeah, there's, we've ever been talking about this before. I mean, eight minutes to 10 minutes was always too long for qualifying and everybody bit and was complaining about it. You can't add any more to that right now. It, it, I racing, the guy, people in iRacing's attention span won't go any further, especially on the oval side for more than eight minutes. They won't like that. Well, we've done some of our own custom clothing and here's the next option. Uh, Greg, have you checked this out? We have IBM Racewear. Yeah, I thought this was kind of cool. Like uh, the, the you know the image we have here is for the VRS. Um, kind of reminds me of kind. Of, it's a I don't know. Do you get the kind of like a soccer uniform vibe from them? A hundred percent. Yeah, it, it kind of just reminds me of that. I mean, you can get your own name on them and your name on the back with a number and stuff. Um, you know, I think it'd be cool, but it it just seems like the design patterns are limited to looking like soccer stuff, but it's really cool that uh, this is being offered. I like the uh, gloves and the, the the shoes and stuff that are being offered as well. Um, pretty cool uh, stuff to get. The The long sleeve shirt seemed to be a little bit less away from the soccer pattern, but they all look still soccery for me for some reason. I just don't know why. Is it you get your name on the back. I think that's pretty freaking cool. I mean, this is probably what they would wear, you know, if you got into one of those esports tournaments, right? Like you're sitting at the, you know, in a, to represent your sponsor or whatever. It kind of reminds me of that. Right. So they have VRS branded. I really like the sim racing boots at 80 pounds. It has your name across the top and you can put your car number down on the heel and the logo is across the side and it's got the same colors as the shirt. So you can have the boots, you can have the, the jersey, you can have the gloves. They have the long gloves or short gloves. Yeah, now that I'm using the the uh, pedal cam, I should get me some custom shoes, right? And it looks like you can also have your brand, your flag branding on it too from the country you're from. And so when you click at the top of their website, which we're looking at imbracewear.com, you can click on simware or teamware and see there's a lot of different offerings that they have. They kind of look... There's some like cool uh, zip up jackets. I think is this the this one team jacket looks actually made out of a different material. It kind of looks like a comfy jacket to wear. I think it's kind of gets away from the feel of those other things we were talking about. Um, actually, it's collections you click on, and then you'll see that VRS is one of the collections. But they also have Gridfinder sponsor. Well, Gridfinder, that's that's interesting that. Uh, they've got in there that'll be an, uh, a nice i guess orange and black theme yep uh, they have a nice uh, polo and a jersey over there for grid finders we may uh, have to send them our graphics well that's what i was thinking is maybe we can get involved in this and have our own merch and this looks real like nice merch like you said it's a big a real nice soccer jersey all right let's start talking some content though it's uh we're coming up on 2022 season one uh next tuesday december 7th the season one release is coming out the downtime begins at 8 a.m that's a 1300 gmt and we got quite a bit of content coming out anthony have you checked out Hill racing circuit uh no i have not actually uh i looked at it i looked at the post and that's about as far as that went Apparently, you know, I don't know if you read any of the tweets there, Tony. Uh, everyone's wondering where this track uh, must be one that they're preparing for rain because uh, I guess where it is, it's always wet. I thought well, that I... was a... Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I, 
I had heard another little rumor about that deal. Because it's it's over in Europe, is it not? It's this one's over Scotland. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. So it's it's always wet and rainy and dreary, dreary there. They said it's not usually sunny at all in that area. Didn't we talk about uh, uh, three months or so ago that rain? They still think rain's pretty far off. It was even like I think it was even longer than that. It just what the hashtag soon? Yeah, <laughs> they they haven't really. They've kind of tailed away from giving any more information on it. The only last thing we saw was when it was with, when they presented the F1 car um, for Mercedes. They had the image of the just a couple of weeks before that. Didn't they have the image in the rain? And that's when we were finding out that the F1 car was coming because of the pull down screen. Yeah, and they can they even they can be picking this even if uh, rain's still a while's off because not everything is short term planning. They have some long term plans, I'm sure. Now, uh, the tweets that are in reply to this, I, I want to stop and just point out, you know, this one person has given us a nice little list of what to expect Tuesday. So we got Knock Hill, Sandown, the 87's Buick, the Brazilian stock cars, don't forget those, and then the F1 car. Well, there's also this next tweet, and I've got to toss this one to Greg because it has to have him excited. Woo-hoo-hoo, Watkins Glen. I love Watkins Glen, and it'll be great to uh, have all that runoff area that they get to run off in in the, in the stock cars. Uh, I wonder what uh, the track limits are going to be like at this track because uh, coming out of the carousel there, they run really wide, and I wonder if you're going to be allowed to use it uh, in it. But uh, I can't wait. Uh, Watkins Glen, I think, has got to be probably one of the oldest scans on this. It's been around forever. It hasn't been updated in a long, long time if not originally. I suppose we need to token ask now every time. Is this going to be a retire the track situation or replace the track situation? Are they going to charge for it? Is it going to be free? And retiring the tracks may be the new normal. But if they do that, it means we don't have to buy Watkins Glen again. We already have it. And we, In that scenario, it would be free, is what you're saying. Right. So, and we've already beat that horse for sure, uh, almost as many times as, uh, you, you know, the mountain. I just hope we end up with two different versions of it. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure I like what happened with Phoenix. I, I'd rather them just retire the old one, but still have it there for leagues and whatever, for hosted. Yeah, but um, we, we drove on that Phoenix, and it's not that different. It feels a lot the same. It's not as drastic of a difference as some of the legacy tracks that are, say, actually 15-year-old scans. I know, but you get somebody like Scott Bolster who's trying to do a specific year league or something, and, he's, you know, why not do it is the question. Because well, we already have a legacy Phoenix. Well, and I think the other problem is, is too, like, even if here at Watkins Glen, the thing that changes a Watkins Glen is they get rid of the, the sand traps and they, they pave the, the grass. There's not much, there's no layout changes to Watkins Glen. It's just basically upgrading the outside of the track. There's nothing really to the inside that's changed. The, the, the racing surface is the same, but it's just older. So now it's just got a newer build now, which is nicer. I also recall that we might get Indy redone and Atlanta. I'm wondering if the Indy one is being held back because they're trying to figure out what maybe they're going to do for that chicane or the the ramp that they had last year uh, before they release that. Maybe that'll be released closer to Indy next year because maybe they have to do some tweaks to it. 
Okay, and then um, Traxian.gg did a feature article about the build coming out. Um, Justin Melillo, uh, one of my favorites over there, and uh, he pointed out Knockhill uh, F1 car, Brazilian stock cars, the 87 Buick LeSabre, LA Coliseum, we forgot that, and Atlanta. And of course, Rain is, he mentions that as well. I think it's, I, I totally forgot. I think uh, Tony, or, I think it was Tony in our chat was talking about the Buick LeSabre the other day. I think it's kind of uh, interesting that, you know, we haven't heard any more of it. We knew it was scanned, um, but that'll come out right around when they, uh, this, you know, this is the first week of the, the winter series. So next week, you know, you could start with a different car if you want to go in the second week of the, the new winter iRacing series for the 87 car. Now, on the Scottish track, Justin reports, not only will the backwards layout be included, but a rallycross variant of the track is also expected. It is not. It is unknown exactly if the national or the tri-oval uh, version will be included. So there's a bunch of different options for this track, and they are definitely doing backwards and are definitely doing rallycross. I wonder if this is where, you know, this track is... They've got the Brazilian car coming. I mean, the Brazilian cars probably not going to stick to that type because there's not that many Brazilian tracks, but now you got the, you can have the NASCARs go to a track like this too, or those, car, those cars go um, to these type of European tracks as well, right? And finally, he points out in the article that the picture that iRacing put out that Tony started with is a Formula V sitting in a garage. And so that indicates that in sim you should be able to come out of the garage or be in the garage which would be different right i'm wondering if they're um you know taking a page out of the uh the nascar 21 ignite game where they you know maybe they saw that because you can drive around the garage area in that game i i wonder if you know maybe they're making that area as an area somewhere down the road is where you can practice from. You come out of the garage, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's just something they're thinking of doing. Well, instead of spawning from pit box, maybe you spawn from the garage. So I that doesn't excite me. Um, that means it just takes you longer to get back on the track when you, every time you reset. I think it's an unnecessary thing. I agree with what you're saying, there, David. It's just we want to get out of the track and practice not fool around in the garage area. Now I would be okay with them just leaving that open so you can drive under there and play later, you know, instead of always blocking all the infield off. It'd be good for opportunities for maybe some more, like, like a screen when you're doing screenshots and pictures and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. It'd be cool if they could, if they actually had the victory lane at Bristol that rate or though at Indy is the one that raises up. Right. And they, they lift the car up. Yeah. All right. So, well, that's uh, the content. Let's move on to the Moon Car 24. Uh, we got a tweet here from at it, it's Moonhead. The Moon Car 24 came down to the last four minutes. Uh, and it was a quite a damn race. They were able to raise over 6K for Toys for Tots as well. And um, they said a thank you to everyone that supported the event, uh, whether you raced or donated or just watched. It means a ton. Can't wait till next year. Wow, that's a big uh, fundraiser, 6K for a sim race event. We've held fundraisers, guys, and we haven't come to 6K before. That's a pretty good effort. Uh, congratulations to Moonhead here and uh, doing all this. 
Yeah, definitely honorable mention for sure to Moonhead. And uh, I didn't even know this was happening until I saw it after it happened. But uh, uh, cool. Well, I know the other Tony likes to use the AI, but uh, we've got this uh, next item that uh, grows. If you could tell us about this uh, known AI or known issue with the AIs. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a bug, I guess, affecting the the use of AI seasons. So, uh, if a user creates and races in an AI season session, they will currently have to wait for the entire race to complete AI cars to pit and exit the sim before results will be generated for that session. If they don't wait for these results to be generated, the AI season will not advance to the next race. So, but uh, iRacing is aware of it, and they are working on a solution to this problem. That would suck if you set to full length. Yep. <laughs> Especially if it's like an IMSA season and the first race is the 24. <laughs> Could you imagine running an AI 24-hour race? Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. You got to let it run out, make sure they park, and then... Go to bed, wait, come back tomorrow after work. Hopefully they'll be done. So this is a staff member I've never heard of, so he must be new, but... He said he has 200 posts, so that indicates he was probably a driver or customer and turned into a staff member. But his name is Michael Hinkle. I just wanted to point that out. Maybe we'll see more from him. Maybe his job is to work on the AI. Well, how about this Wood Brothers Racing video? Greg. It's a nice... Uh, so on the Wood Brothers... Oops. Not clicking on opening here, but uh, anyways, the Wood Brothers have posted uh, on their Twitter page uh, a little bit of a mix uh, of a little bit old and new um, for their 2022 Mustang for Harrison Burton Racing for next year. And um, I kind of like that, you know, the way they, they, they've done this. This car, It looks like uh, with the new car, they're able to do a, a couple more things, uh, you know, sponsorship wise and and design wise and I, I think it just looks really nice the way that this car is done it it's it's not uh, it's simple but it's also uh it, it you know it, it helps the branding of the car too i really like the metallic 21 i was just gonna say that you got to it first but the first half is the old car and the second half of the video is the new car and if you go back and forth and you focus on the color of the number uh you know, David, it's almost like a mirror kind of mirror shiny it's gold. kind of thing. It's, gold. it's, it's chrome gold but gold. Yeah. No, it's, it's chrome it's but gold. gold. It's leafing. It's gold leaf. Gold leaf that's reflective. Yeah. Well, it's done in eye racing, so what it actually is is a certain color in the uh in the spec layer. But yeah. It's yellow. It's yellow with it the, looks really uh, good. Yeah, with a well you, you have to change the color to set it to to high reflect high high metallic and high reflective. It's like I said, it's it's done really nice. I like this. The Mustang looks really nice in eye racing. I'm sorry, it's, the way it's designed and everything, it just looks really good with that car. Uh, I, I can't wait to start seeing a lot more of these uh, paint jobs, especially since we've been only looking at blank cars up till now. It's going to be nice to have paint jobs on them. Sigh. I, I mean, it, this is a rolling <laughs> billboard. That's what this is, a rolling billboard. I mean, look at how uh, big the Motorcraft is. Look how big Quick Lane is. I mean, I'm sure it's great for those sponsors and to increase their value of what they're paying for. 
but it is a it just turns it into a billboard i mean when before it wasn't it, i don't know i just can't <laughs> put my head around the move number Sorry. up to the front you're, 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 it's nascar it's been a rolling billboard since what the 50s you kind of have to be within taste i don't know like it's we're, we're talking about moving a number just like a foot on the car like the whole thing okay. like doesn't matter last year or this year it still a rolling billboard so remember will ferrell at the nascar movie and and he put the sticker across the windshield of the, of the sponsor okay what, that's what's what, next that's gen 8 okay 2024. how about how about instead of putting a, a sticker across the windshield let's just put a whole car across your windshield check out this next video how's that for a transition uh helps this guy helps a fellow competitor it's frederick larson and this is um i don't guess you can protest this because you're not really supposed to push somebody if they're if they're out of fuel or something right you're you're not supposed to help them finish until everybody else has kind of gone around um but yeah this guy gets into a spin and ends up on top of the other car and he takes him almost a half a lap before the car falls off it's just basically high centered right in the dead center of the car right on the center of the hood or not the hood but the the roof above and uh yeah they were stacked once this happened i would have tried to, to maintain it as long as i could i i'm gonna say that next time if he wants to do this he's gonna need a little bit more heavier spring in the back just to hold that car up more he was dragging <laughs> low riding it yeah i like that right at the end where they slow it right down you know as the guy's going over and the the cars are stacked on top of each other yeah you can see that car totally squatted on the track and it's just it's spitting sparks out behind it that's cool he almost got picked up by another one because he he he's riding he lands and is rolling at the end that's hey, pretty crazy hold your hold your brake right we gotta hold your brake what good is holding the brake do when your wheels aren't on the ground <laughs> does it count if somebody else is pushing you around the track all right, let's hit the next one. We got the clash at the Coliseum. Uh, iRacing has wrapped up the testing with the Coke Series driver, and the track's ready to go. Uh, uh, Mike, you want to pick up the rest? Yeah, so basically, um, Steve Myers says we're targeting the week leading up to the race as far as when we're going to get it in iRacing. So there's your answer. We're not going to get it next week on Tuesday, but it'll be a mid you know, mid-quarter uh, release, whatever they call it, patch. So it'll be like January, like New Year's. It'll be just like, the, oh, the no, no, sorry, before, sorry, it'd be February. Way. It'd be like February, yeah, so it'd be middle of February. Right. And uh, yeah. I don't see it on the script, but are, are we, we going to, didn't they say about the same thing about the, the next-gen car not updating it until we get closer to the season? Yeah, that was Bobby's post uh, about uh, certain things that aren't fixed on the the car until they have finalized what they're going to do with the next couple tests. Because didn't he say that? I think there's a Charlotte test coming up here that they want to try a whole whack of different things that uh, is going to be, um, you know, that could change what they want to do to the car. Like put more horsepower in it? God, I hope so. I got invited to the Phoenix test. Harvard. <laughs> I thought, I don't know, David, you listened to the Dale Jr. download. Harvick definitely sounded like that was something that's definitely might be an option down the road that they might, if they'll keep pushing for it. I do remember somebody saying, maybe it was actually on Door Weapon Clear, that they do want to understand the safety of the car before they start pushing it up, but that they might actually consider pushing the horsepower up uh, later on. 
Well, I mean, like, like Harvick said, he goes, the only way to make it loose is when the back tires spin. So if the back tires aren't going to spin, you're never going to get it loose. Yeah, and he said what they're having to do is is actually make it, they're having to really, I, I think, tighten it up. Loosen it up. Or they're having to loosen it up. They're having to go pretty extreme one way or the other just to get it to to handle. And then, no, I think they said that they, was having to, they were having to tighten it up because it's getting really tight as Sorry. they go, but it's snapping. Yeah, it's it's getting it's fine by itself. It's when it's with some with another car. Okay, I got well, this no, one. I started to say, Mike, you got to be excited about this one. Yeah, this is a nice tool, and I'm going to use this for the show. It's a dev tracker uh, for the forums, and dev meaning anybody who's employed by iRacing as a staff member um, are basically caught in this filter, and he presents on a different website the results of that. And so you can go to this website and basically see anything that iRacing staff post. So it's a great source for me to get ideas for stories and stuff to present on the podcast. But uh, for other people though, you know, who wanna be informed as well. And so um, this gentleman put up his uh, post on the forums about his dev tracker. And I'll open that now. And his name is Cedric Gibrat. And that's probably the easiest way to find this is search the forms for that name. He calls it DevTrack IR, all one word. You can search that as well. But uh, when you go to the link that he has uh, for this website and bookmark it, every time you go there, you're going to see the most recent posts from staff members. It's easy to go back in time and see the ones that happened previously as well. It's very easy to read and visually uh nice on the eyes, way better than the actual forums themselves. And so um, if iRacing was concerned about forums, this is a great format they should take and run with. Yeah, that would be definitely uh, helpful. We haven't had any problem racking up the content, but this will make it a little bit easier for you to just have it all laid out before we hunt it down for you. Lots of times I'm not getting our content from the forums less and less as we go through um, like once or twice a week, it seems like now now times. But before, like a year or two two years ago, we were consistently getting our stuff off the forums. But the people are not using them like we used to, and I think it's because they changed the the way the forums look. And but you still you also still have to hit. They still have the old one posted, and they still have the old private messenger system working. So I, it's just it you it's actually an extra click to get there if you want to use the new forums. Well, I'm, I think the, the old forms, the new forms, is like when you move the, the number forward and make more billboards out of the cards. I mean, it's nobody wants change. And when you change it, it takes a while to get used to it. All the oldies don't want to get used to the new stuff. Kids these days. Well, uh, Anthony, how much longer do we have on the, uh, the Black Friday sale? Ooh, time's uh, running out. You got to the end of the week. Um, uh, it ends on the 4th, right? Yes. That yeah, way. through the 4th. Through the 4th. Okay, so tomorrow, Friday. That's it. Well, that's Saturday. Uh, so today's Thursday. Okay. So, yeah, two more days. All right. Thank you. Thank you for holding my hand. Well, let's try Saturday. Let's do this on Saturday. So get her in. Um, yeah, I, I got mine. Lisa got hers. Uh, we're good for another year. I'm sure you guys re-upped. I have to because mine when I was logged in right now just says I'm expired. So obviously yeah, mine I did went it out last year. Week. Yeah, mine went out on like Wednesday, right before Thanksgiving. 
Yeah, uh, and I have more in a year ahead, so I didn't need to. For anybody listening, uh, <laughs> and they don't already know, this is the sale of the year. Like this is the biggest sale. They used to do a summer one. That hasn't happened for a couple of years now. So if you ain't getting it now, you're going to be paying more for it. So get her done. The reason they're not doing that other sale, wasn't it because people were buying the credits? It was the credit sale when they were buying the credits to buy memberships. Wasn't it? And that's they were the combining they the discounts. They were using yeah. credits to, and then turning around and using the credits on the Black Friday scale. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I remember. Well, uh, Greg, you're kind of our F1 guy. So do you, would you like Fernando Alonso telling you to race clean? <laughs> Fernando Alonso is one of the most outspoken F1 drivers. So if he's saying it in the race, he's telling you what, how it is. So uh, if you're being told uh, to race clean, Taylor, I think it's time to uh, figure out what uh, you were doing wrong in that race. But uh, to race... Uh, 24-hour, a Le Mans champion, an F1 champion. Um, did he? I can't remember. Did he complete the Triple Crown of championships? I can't remember if he did, but uh, a lot, Fernando Alonso is one of the most accomplished racers in the world, and um, I don't know if I really would want ever that to happen. I would, I would probably really avoid him on the track as much as I can if I ever got out there with him. This is actually an iRacing official Instagram post, too, so... They, they made sure to hide the last name. So it's a screenshot of iRacing, the chat. And in the chat, you can see Fernando Alonso, you know, at all teams. And he writes, <laughs> Taylor, WTF, race clean, man. I was going to say, um, do you think Nam got a, a thing from him just because he's they use it in all team instead of private? Maybe Nam will be involved. Nah, that's not nice. that's, You won't get anything for that. That's my <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool to have Fernando Alonso as a guest steward? You mean like, like he could be the new Nim Cross or he could join Nim's team like this, you know, once a month for a few well, hours. And... You you know he in F one they use guest stewards, so why not do it uh, you know, when the F1 car comes out, maybe if there's anything in the F1 car that needs to be... Because they love to give penalties for every single thing. Apparently in F1, you can't race each other. You just have to be penalized and the stewards decide everything. But uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see if he could become a steward uh, and look at some of those incidents. Well, on the service, it's, it's kind of the opposite. Unless you're doing like league racing or you do something like intentional wrecking or, or getting really foul with the language or joining unsafely that, or, or something that kind of abuses the system. They, that when it comes to any kind of accident, that's just kind of over slightly over aggressive driving. They're not going to say a thing about it. Let's jump over to the real side. Uh, Mike, it looks like uh, Josh Berry closed out the late model season over Thanksgiving. Yeah, Josh Berry showed us what he's worth in the Xfinity uh, this year when he got a few starts and um, he went late model racing back to his bread and butter and, of course, wins at Thanksgiving Classic Triumph in the iRacing colors. And so uh, he's got iRacing logo across his chest. He's got it on the hood and uh, pretty cool to see the iRacing colors in victory lane as usual. The 2022 Xfinity Racing Champion. That's what I'm predicting. Okay. Remember this episode, 308. 
We'll come back and check in, a, in about a 11 months. If you don't think Junior's going to throw everything he's got at that program. And Kelly. And Kelly. They have so much invested in him. They want him up in cup. I want this next one, David. So I'm Sorry. going to take it. So, oh, you're going to take it from Anthony. That's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Go ahead. Because when I saw this, I, it made me think of Adam Jocelyn, our teammate. And I was thinking, this is a movie about Adam. This could be a movie about his life story. But what it is is the YouTube video. It's a, it's a movie trailer for a movie called The Sim Racer. Official trailer is what it says. And uh, as you can guess, it's a, it's a movie about a, a sim racer who's involved in some real racing but does some sim racing. And it shows his interactions with his team and crew and owner and his girlfriend and family and different you know, uh, storylines going on. Uh, but I thought it looked like fun. I love racing, uh, movies, but this is sim racing even better. I don't know why I thought Adam though. I was thinking I, uh, it looked like him. Maybe I'm still, if it, it needed a little bit more working out, right, David, now that Adam's doing it to uh, a little bit more workout scenes for Adam, the way he says uh, he's working out. He's just a novice. He's, he's still got a lot to do. <laughs> Did anybody I, else, is this like, I'm still trying to figure out and feel, is it a spoof or is it actually, you know, is it just making fun? It, it was confusing. Cause I, I mean, is it taken from an actual racing movie? And then I they just, no, and then they just clipped in the eye racing. I don't think any of that is actually from another movie. That was though. Those were actually, those actors in the trailer were legit, decently skilled actors. So <sighs> it looked like it came from a real movie, but then they cut in the eye racing clips. I think it's a hack job because the the person who put the video out only has one video and this is it called Chrome Horn Media. They only have 32 subscribers. So I don't think it's a proper movie. How many views is it at? Well, it's about to go up. <laughs> 12,000 views in two days. I mean, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Even for a little spoof trailer, if it's like, it just, it got me you know, like, I mean, it's done really well. It just, you try to find, is there a story there? Is it legit? Now at the end, there's, you know, the, the title slide, as they call it, the Sim Racer. And it says, follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at the Sim Racer Film. I'll go check that out. Yeah, I really, th like you said, I'm pretty sure that this is off of some f film that it has the iRacing clips replacing the actual race footage. Well, as I was watching through it, I was not sure really what I was looking at. Um, you know, kind of like what you guys are just discussing there, right? Like, is it just, you know, ripped from like a, a, a B-type racing movie? Um, or, you know, did these guys actually, you know, put these clips together and just added the iRacing in behind it? Um, I don't think it goes much past a trailer. Uh, either way, like any which way you look at it, it was entertaining. I, I watched it and I, I, I really enjoyed it, even if it's just all complete bullshit. Well, it did what exactly what it was supposed to do. That made us talk about it, right? 100%. Well done. So I found them on Facebook. They have 125 followers. They have a website, thesimracermovie.com. This looks, yeah. And so the same video is there. Are we wrong? Are they, are those, and they are sell t-shirts. 
I mean, this is a real website. Hmm. They have merch. They have shirts. Wow, pretty cool. They got a shirt that says Arca Breaks. And they got, oh, they got a shirt here for that one guy. It says Eat, Sleep, Dive Bomb, Repeat. I guess we'll find out. So we, well, get, we just go ahead, Anthony. I mean, if this is legit, we need to be getting a hold of somebody and we need to be talking to him about this because it's kind of cool. Wait, yeah, we need cameos. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's right. Let's get them on our show. He got they into do. race. He got into some racing because of his favorite podcast. <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, this could be the story of Adam Jocelyn. Well, we got a couple more news stories to hit. This first one is a video that's comparing the 919 versus the 922 Cup car from the Porsche side of things. Did you give this one a watch, Mike? I did, and uh, man, there are some differences. I, you know, when you look at them on the video, I can't even tell them apart to be honest with you. Um, Welcome but, to Porsche from uh, 1970 to about now. <laughs> But according to Bue Albert, they couldn't drive more differently. And so he said the 911, uh, 991 is a, is a hard car to drive. And, it, it, you know, when you get to the edge, it can be very twitchy and unforgiving and, and that kind of thing. But the 992 is a lot more forgiving. You can really push it uh, right up to that limit without concern of being, of spinning out. Um, it breaks much better, like, 30 feet quicker, you know, when you go to a standing, a stop, you know, from a certain speed. Um, but uh, he kind of seemed like he liked the old car better, um, even though the new car, you know, seemed to drive better in certain situations and be better in, in those kind of things. I think there was some nostalgia about trying to drive the hard car at that limit and uh, and being able to manage it. So he had mixed results, but it, two different cars for sure. That was the big uh, takeaway. So he's like us with the cup car. I was just going to say, oh, yeah. there seems to be a theme brewing in this episode about the old. All, nobody wants to leave the old behind for the new. Title idea, stop making cars easy to drive. Stop making new cars. That's basically what it sounds like. Okay, events. Uh, we want to mention Fast Track Truck League. They're expanding to a fixed setup truck division. They're looking for drivers to join. I think they're doing it Wednesday. Is that right? Tuesday. Tuesdays. I think it's moving to Wednesday when they actually do the series, but the recruiting right now is Tuesdays. The yeah, hosted recruiting. They're staying out of the way of uh, Winter Series right now. Which is Wednesday. And then we've been running Monday night's Fast Track Cup uh, recruitment races in Hosted, and that's been fun. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Is that what we're calling it now? Because I don't, I don't remember having fun this week. I did. I, I was actually really fast longer, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into it later. So that leads us up, that leads us up actually to uh, the, the housekeeping, Mike. Yeah, don't forget the Aftermath podcast. Uh, we had the dual podcast last week where the second half was on, over on the Aftermath. So if you want the, the full picture, you got to be listening and subscribe to both feeds. And so check those guys out. Don't forget our notes at iRacersLounge.com. And we are on the Performance Motorsports Network. Ah!
Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. All right, obviously no fantasy this year, or at this time of the year. Uh, we're jumping into hardware now, and we've got uh, another formula wheel. This one looks pretty advanced. It's the Rexing formula wheel by Mayeris. This wow. definitely, this thing really gives me F1 car vibes. Like it's the amount of dials and buttons and everything. It gives me like a Mercedes uh, type dash vibe to it. I always giggle a little when I see the, the steering wheels that have a dash on them, knowing I'm in VR. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of buttons. The, the, the button configuration is not that far from a Ferrari shape. That's how the button, the Ferrari buttons are lined. It kind of in that shape, right? The two swooping curves. And so the website is rexing.eu. And I go there and click on this particular unit, which is coming soon. They got a lot of details about it. I think what I like about it is the uh, RGB LEDs around the display. There are 17 of them. They're configurable in the SIM dash. This gives it a little bit different look than the standard F1 wheel with a screen. It does have six pedals or paddles on the back. All right, so you're going to be able to do the dual clutch. Probably something handy if you're driving a hybrid and you need a, you want to use your finger for a boost key. You can do it that way. Pretty handy. Price, 1,280 euros plus VAT. That's on the high side, but it does. It looks good for a high-end rim. Now, when I clicked on it to buy it, it says now it says 1,600 euros. So, yeah. I, I really like the Gomez Sim Industry ones, um, and they're comparable in price to these. But, uh, but this is a, another great choice. I mean, there's a lot of good high-end wheels to pick. Cube controls. All right, it looks like Barry got to pick up another cockpit review. He's looked at the R-Seat P1 from uh, R-Seat. <laughs> Mike, did you give this one a lock? I did, and, you know, this is a tubular... Uh, cockpit, uh, at least the part that holds up the wheel base, and it is solid. I mean, it. I mean, it's a it's a real thick tubular. And it, they have a bright green paint on it as well, but I think because it's so thick and heavy, you know, and it's mounted to a you know a, a steel base similar to eighty twenty, but it's not eighty twenty. But uh, but the tubular is just strong, and he puts a big old you know semi cube wheel on it, and there's just no flex. So. I mean, this is a good solution if you want a no-flex rig, but I still think, you know, you're better off in a in a 80-20 situation because it's just more configurable and more adjustable. And, you know, with these tubes, you really can't do much with them. Is there anyone in the business that does a more thorough job reviewing any piece of hardware? Like, this is, what, almost a two-hour video on this rig. Well, he always does that. He takes every little piece apart and looks at the inside of it and all that. He measures the diameter of the width of the metal and everything. Definitely does look like a very sturdy, solid rig, though. Uh, anytime I really start to consider a hardware option, I go, I go look at every one of his reviews on the channel. It's exactly what I did. Part of what I did when I went to look for the pedals to, that I had when I had to replace them. So it's always a great place to go. Now, I want to point out a couple things I'm seeing as I watch this. He's got an extension on the steering wheel so, because the base is so far away from the seat. You know, and so 
that would suck if you had to use an extension every time if you use this rig. I'm wondering if it's just a choice, not an actual, the way it's, it is, right? It's just his choice for it. Could be. And then the keyboard uh, tray and the crazy arm it's got, is, it, it's got, it goes out, it goes across, it comes back, and then there's a tray. I mean, it's this crazy arm that can manipulate into anywhere. So I kind of like the keyboard tray. It's kind of like a, a mic boom. It can do whatever right. I need it to. Well, I already brought him up again, but uh, we're looking at some new software that was presented a few weeks ago by Sim Coaches. Uh, users can now download Visor and begin tuning and calibrating their pedals all across their racing games for their PC. Fine tune uh, the braking graphs or throttle curves and go faster than your competition. Did we talk about this in the last time, Greg, or did we just skip over it? I want to say we've talked that they were having stuff coming, but I don't think it was this detailed in the a part about it. Yeah, it's available now is the difference. Before, yeah, it was just an announced, and but now it's like literally available. Yeah, way back in the R Factor days, I actually had some software that I used with my with my steering wheel that made the steering wheel slow down as I would get to the outside, and this kind of the same thing. So what 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 you can do now is you can you can set this graph and you can make the brake more sensitive in certain. Range, certain ranges so you can make it that it, it breaks really hard really fast and then you have to and then you have to really push a lot further to get the the last detail or you can make it where you have to push really far to to get the percentage so, so you can make it you can basically change how hard it breaks or how hard it gases see when i this kind of reminds me of the software um the way i would play around with tuning something like this for braking is like David was saying there, if you go real hard early and then um, the further you range it, it's kind of more of a, a, a it's it's a more fine tuning where it's, it's multiple points to get it to do more of the braking. It kind of reminds me of when I got my truck license, I went to skid school where you had to learn to brake under um, certain situations. So you'd have a truck lock up the brakes and the best way to get off of it from locking up is just to, they always told you when you're, you're locked up, just lift your toes in your boot and it should unlock the brakes. It's kind of like this. You can just moving your toes or something, the fine tune little things like that on the pedal um, to try and dial in the brakes a bit more. Yeah. I remember watching the video of the tour around the factory uh, where they make the pedals and they have a dedicated guy writing this software. And so, um, it's an in-house software that they've developed, and uh, it certainly from the screenshot, looks very adjustable. David, the one thing I think I forgot to ask you with Sim Coach, what's the when you go into the Sim and you push the brake on the calibration screen, how many points does it have? What's the number from zero to what? Do you remember uh, what the number is? Let's just pause the recording. So I know we're live, but you're, you're not going to hear a, a silent. You're not going to hear this. <laughs> if you're listening on the afterwards, it's going to be less time. So just hang on. So I think it's like 4,000 for the Fanatex, 4,060, 4,095. In Windows? No, it's in the in the sim. When you press the pedal, it gives you the 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 hertz is which is the amount, the amount of points it is. There is for from from zero to whatever it is is the amount of points of information it has yeah. like a Logitech only 
uh, set of pedals only has like 400 or something like that, whereas Fanatec has like 4,000 different points. Well, I have um, I have mine open now, my calibration file out of out of my cup folder because I have calibrate for every car just yep. about. Um, and my minimum is 416 and my maximum on axis zero is 2371. And, I, I, um, and then axis Y it's 1042 to 3842 and then the x-axis is 990 to 1414 i think that was the clutch i'm not sure yeah it's okay so it's got about the same range as the fanatex yeah but i mean it's the the difference maker is not the range it's the feel. The maker. no it's, the it's feel. just how it feels i mean you you're not having to put your foot in a position you're putting your foot in a certain amount of pressure a certain amount of weight i look forward to seeing some some reviews on this software down the road here though all right uh greg have you checked this next one out it looks like track racer saying something about setting a new benchmark so on track racers uh, instagram page they uh, are promoting a new benchmark is to be set is their phrase for it so it looks like um they're gonna have a, a new 80 20 profile rig coming out uh at some point here i haven't been able to get to the site um i thought it was kind of interesting alpine f1 team is in the hashtag here for this thing do they have a sponsorship with the alpine they do yeah they're the okay. official uh, partner for alpine f1 i look okay. at the website it's not for sale yet this one i'll be interested to see because that'll be another 80 20 rig beans you know in the marketplace right yeah and it looks to be like the tr160 replacement like the upgrade for the tr160 based on what i see um I mean, what is, I think it's 160 by 20 for the bottom, but it's only three sides, not four. The pedal tray looks very much like SimLab pedal tray. The same with the uprights too, to be honest, and the mount. I mean, for the most part, 8020s go the same way. It's just the branding, they kind of just change it. They have their own little signatures to them. Yeah, if you're talking about the base being only three sizes, is that what you were talking about, Mike? Yeah. yeah, it's the, built the, like a U. The P1X is the same way. Yeah. So you're just saying because there's no front cross plate at the front, right? Right. But that's braced by the pedal rather than a cross plate by or by the, the pedals pedal mount. It, yeah, I do that for you. So they're saving on hardware. Yeah, and weight. And weight, yeah. Which is good now, if you're shipping it. At a glance, uh, knowing how the P1X works, this looks like it has a lot of the same, just great uh, fine-tuned customiz customization options. Now, if you go to the Instagram page for this and go to some of the posts, I found a more recent post five days ago that says, introducing the Track Racer TR120. Since 2008, TR has been innovating the best sim brakes, and the TR120 is no exception. It took TR to be the first sim brand with a connected chassis that adds curves to an otherwise boxy chassis. And they show some different pictures of it besides the front view we saw before. And man, this thing is a beauty. I love it. Is that red trim at the bottom? Is that one of those uh, trays that you use to fill in the spot? It kind of looks like there's a plastic fill. Well, yeah. yeah, that does look nice. But notice how the if you look at the sides of it, 
it doesn't go straight from back to front. It when it gets to the seat, it goes out wider. There's an angle piece there uh, around the feet area, and it, and the seat area is wider than where the where the wheel is. If that makes sense, that makes it premium in my view. It kind of looks cool, and the wheel mount. I mean, front uh, front mount uh, for uh, a DD drive. It looks like and. Uh, with with red accents, um, well, side, side mount. I mean, yeah, it's it's being held on the sides basically. Um, that's I'm a little confused on how it gets wider because if you look at the the beam to hold the shifters, that doesn't look like it goes out. It looks like it's just going straight back. I guess it might actually be on the inside rail, or there's spacers or something. It's hard to see. Are you thinking it goes like a it goes out because of the way it looks in the one picture here? Well, there's other pictures too, and yeah, it looks like it's like the right. It actually slings out, but if you look at the the thing that the rail for the shifters, it I mean it must be at a diagonal. Yeah, that's, that's going to fit. TR one twenty. That's a lower number than the TR one sixty. So maybe it isn't an upgrade from the TR-160. Maybe this is a, a just a different option or a, maybe a more affordable option. I would pick this over the TR-160 in a heartbeat. So just me or that, that triple monitor surround, surround the way they have it with it, those are like TV screens. That looks really good with that setup. All right, so we might be talking a little bit about more of my uh, VR adventures, but Varho here is, uh, has been doing an expo, or they were at the World Expo 2021, right? Yeah, showing off. And uh, yeah, if you were at the Augmented World Expo 2021, you would have seen the Varho booth, and you could have tried out those goggles. And how much were these? I think you priced them, David. I think when we throw in all of the extra hardware that you have to get as far as uh, light posts, so to speak, so it can track, it's going to run 15 to 2 grand to get the whole piece. Mm-hmm. So about, right. about Greg's video card, right? All right. Just throw it, you know, instead of a video card. Come on, leave my video card out of this. Uh, I'm going to do this one. Company review a virtual reality racing club out of the UK. Uh, it's a website for sim rigs, driver coaching, and all things sim motorsports. And uh, I don't know if we've talked about these guys before, so I wanted to bring them up. They have a Black Friday sale going. Uh, they do sell product. Uh, I see a, a Sim Labs rig. I see uh, all kinds of different rigs they sell and other equipment, pedals, seats. Driver coaching. Yeah, you can call them for driver coaching. And uh, yeah, so I didn't know that these guys were a source, but uh, yeah, check them out. The website is called virtualrealityracingclub.com. They even have a mental performance part of it too for coaching. All right, let's uh, not spend somebody else's money, but look at what they spent. Uh, The next thing we have is about a $7,500 racing rig from Jared Summit 1G Lazar. Now, Summit 1G, so I guess I'm supposed to know who that is. He's famous, I guess. Hold on, wasn't he's one of the brands on that website that we were talking about earlier? His logo's in there. I could have swore it was his. Okay, so when I Google his 
Summit 1G, it says he is Jared Lazar, commonly known as Summit 1G, is an American Twitch streamer and retired competitive Counter-Strike Global Offensive player from Colorado Springs, who formerly played for professional esports teams A51 and Mythic. So he's an esports e guy who Never is mind. getting into sim racing for the first time. Never mind, I had the wrong logo, sorry. What really kind of makes my head want to explode on this is look at all the money he spent on all the rigging, and then he has a Logitech G920 for the wheel. <laughs> so this post shows off his $7,500 rig build. Um, and he also mentioned he brought a special guest onto his stream, none other than Tony Kanon, to help the creator improve his racing skills. So he did triples, he did a next level racing, uh, GT track cockpit, uh, quad monitor stand, like you said, Logitech, a stream deck, and a $1,500 computer. That's a crappy computer. But that's with the card, right? <laughs> I, I just I think it's funny to see to see that much money and only three hundred of it be in in the wheel, in pedals. A fifteen hundred dollar racing PC is nothing. Like that's like almost like an office PC almost nowadays. So then there was an, so these are all articles uh, from a place called Dexerto.com is where we got this, and it talks. The next article talked about um, how Tony Kanan helped him out. He said, uh, we're going to lead you to our settings, and you'll tell us whether you like it or not. You'll end up having your own personal settings as far as, you know, how to set up uh, the car and the, and the sim itself. Now, one of, these, uh, one of these posts here says that he's dominating in iRacing. Already? Oh, this one, the last one said he's uh, challenged uh, none other than Formula One star Lando Norris to an iRacing showdown on Twitch. Well, Lando's Lando's a pretty big Twitch streamer, right? On on his spare time, he, he's pretty busy uh, on Twitch. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll have to see if that matchup actually happens, and might be fun to watch. But uh, yeah. Yeah, his robot I rating or I rating is is up there, but it's not it's not uh, alien level. He's a twenty one hundred. He hasn't turned an overlap. I'm an alien. You're an alien. No, the aliens are up in the 4K, 5K range <laughs> and, and on road. That was a joke. Now, if you have more than one wheel, this app might be for you. Greg, you have more than one wheel. I do, and they come off the the base real easily. Uh... So, th so this is called IR Sidekick. And it's an app that provides a graphical way to save and switch your controls.cfg files. People have multiple wheels with different control assignments. Use these wheels on the same car. Either have to reassign controls or save these files and move them around, which is clunky and tedious. I don't entirely agree with, with copying a couple of text files being that clunky and tedious. I don't know what this is saving because... I just put my rim on and switch to the settings for road or oval on my rims, which is which is saved in the base. I've got my two rims. I've got the Porsche oval rim that I rim that I use for oval, and I've got the uh, the F one rim. Okay, there is a totally different set of buttons that apply to to get to, to do the same things. Like my shift when I'm shifting in 
my cup car, I'm shifting with, with the with the Fanatec shifter when I'm shifting on a road car, I'm using the paddles. So yeah, that's, that's why you hit, you that's why you hit save. The, that's why you save the button. You hit the board, but corner button save uh-huh. as a separate car. Yeah. And but, but what you can do is when you do that, it, there's a, there's a text file or a dot CFG file or a joystick and, and that that's saved and you can copy that into the other folders. I mean, I, I, it's just not that tedious. You just, copy a file if like say if i've got uh the cup car set up the way i wanted to I, I reset it up when i redid my my button boxes and then when we got the next gen car i just copied that file into the into the next gen folder and boom i had all the buttons set up the same way because it's the my cup cars are set up differently than the ferrari which is the default so basically what you're saying is say I got comfortable, like for me, when I had to reinstall everything and everything reset, I make my, my one road car settings and I can take that and use this and put it for a bunch of them. Um, so that I don't have to, each time I go into that new car, I got to reconfigure it type thing. Yeah. Well, it's a graphical way for you to, yeah. to do the same thing as copying and pasting a file with windows Explorer. Okay. So when you look at the app, understand it. The left side shows a list of which cars and you highlight. And then on the right side, it shows you your different wheels and that you pick up on. So it's very graphical and visual, but uh, yeah, it's called IR sidekick search that in the forums. This rig, well, how about a rig review? Are we skipping the Ert and Cena? That is the rig review. Oh, that's a review. Okay. I'll take this one. So. Who's the one getting credit for this, Mike? I'm just trying to find the name. Well, the YouTube channel is called Fin Sim yeah. Racing. So Fin Sim Racing has created a, a video uh, of him creating the old McLaren Marlboro McLaren, the old red and white car that Aaron Senin drove um, for McLaren. Um, <laughs> And did a hell of a job doing it with what styrofoam and some wood, and then um, obviously having to mold it and shape it. But it looks really, really nice. It looks like like it's actually the actual carbon fiber, right, or whatever kind of body you would you would have on the race car. Very it's realistic. Got that gloss, yeah. Yes. I'm trying to figure out if it's a crime though, where there's he's sitting in the car without it painted yet and everything, but with uh, Jacques Villeneuve's helmet on. Because that's the, the helmet that he's got on on the one screen here, where it looks like he's just showing it. Kind of, kind of reminds me of a spacecraft from uh, Star Trek. Those little little spacecrafts that they uh, get off the Enterprise from. But anyways, uh, so it's kind of like the monocoque part that surrounds the driver. You know, behind the driver, behind the seat, it's cut off. I mean, so there's no back half of the car. Now it has casters on it. Could you take it up to uh, Mount Washington and and soapbox Derby it down to the bottom? This is basically what was left of Roman Grosjean's car after he hit that wall. And what, what's neat about the video is it really shows the craftsmanship of him molding this by hand. You know, it's not clay by any means. It's a bunch of different kinds of materials, but. It gives me the feeling of molding by clay the way it kind of comes together and ends up looking at the end. I'm sorry, but he has an awesome computer uh, case that he's taken the outside and designed. It looks like it's wrapped. Uh, It looks like the cigarette Marlboros. 
It's like a Marlboro cigarette pack. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It looks good. I'm not a fan of smoking, but the, the attention to detail is awesome. And it's nice to see at the end there, he does have Santa's helmet. Well done. It's a very well done rig. And we have another rig review. This one, the Talios, I guess I'll say. I thought it's a Tesla. I thought it's a Tesla. <laughs> I first looked at it. Talios is the name of it. And this thing is a beast. I mean, it's made out of metal tubular pipe. And it's very overbuilt, is the way I would describe it. Uh, more bracing and more pipes than probably are necessary. But man, look at those uprights that go up to where the wheel is and then the quad monitor mount. And even the fourth monitor up above has a pipe coming off the back of it that's weighted down way into the front. And then he's got a computer sideways underneath the pedals. Can you call that a computer when it's got industrial size fans attached to it? Like those fans are ridiculous. I'm trying to imagine if, if a motion rig could actually handle this much weight, any of the standard motion rigs. This has got to be 800 pounds or something. It, it could, you know, you could take this to one of those crash facilities and see if it could take with withstand a crash impact. Yeah, it ain't budging. And, uh, but that's the, but that means it's not adjustable either, right? Even the seat, it looks like if you look down those bracket, those blue brackets that are kind of like, off the side of the seat there they look like they move into a couple different holes but it looks like you have to adjust it on the fly there's no quick adjustment like if you had like an adjuster for the seat right so they're from italy it says made in italy i click their website which is talios.tech and it says coming soon so this is just something that they're putting out there i don't think it's for sale yet did you notice that the direct drive is hanging it's got the mounts come down to the side and attaches it, but the actual thing attaches to the bottom of the a plate hanging the the base off of it. Wouldn't that make the car go left versus right when you turn it left, it goes right? No, you still have the wheel pointed the right direction, the top of the wheel. But the it's base just... is upside down, right? Oh, no. no, just the frame holding the base. It's attached to, to it's a it's it's a top mount basically. It's basically right, but, the, but the, the bases don't have a top mount, so they're turning the base upside down. No, they're no. putting a U They're putting a U bracket over oh, the top of it. It's basically hovering or it's it's molded around the top of the base. Now we've seen this company before, and they're the ones that have this shield. Uh, that surrounds the triples. If you look at their previous post, the one right before this one, you'll see that rig that has a surround cone kind of look to it uh, across the front. And that's what they're known for. So this is a departure. This is uh, all metal and they don't have the dome or the covers uh, like before. When you go with something like this, man, you're, I mean, it's got the function too, but you're, you're kind of paying for the look as well, huh? It's a beast. I mean, this looks industrial. Like you could put this in a commercial location, like at a video arcade or something, you know, and kids wouldn't be able to break it. <laughs> well, the next thing we have is our guys uh, at Boosted Media have studied or done a review on Assetec Sim Sports Invicta hydraulic sim racing pedals. Um, I kind of glanced through real quick, and it, if you just listen to a little bit of the discussion, I think they like them. Based on the price point. 
I kind of like the design of these wheels. It feels like these ones have a little bit of like a long throw to them with the, the way that they mounted. It just seems like a longer push uh, for it to kind of give you some more um, control. Well, the uh, brake pedal, I mean, the clutch on, on what I have has more throw than the brake based on how you have it configured. So I don't know if I don't know if you want a lot of throw on the brake because then you don't have then you're again you're right back to having to feel the how far down you're pushing instead of how hard you're pushing. AceTech.com with no C and they're seven hundred dollars for the brake and throttle, three hundred for the clutch. Yikes. So a thousand altogether for all three. That doesn't that seems high to me based on they're not hydraulic. I can tell you right now, this next one I will not buy. Oh, come on. I, you know, I was going to hope Brian McCubbin was here for this one because this Spend is the obvious choice for him for his next purchase. 165,000 yen. Okay, go find us how much that's worth. <laughs> so this is a head motion sway. We've been talking about this for a long time. The boys over at Frex Simulations have finally uh, are put out a product. Uh, and this is where you strap the thing to your head and it moves your head based on how, what you're driving and how you're driving. It's about 1500 US. Or 1800 So I'm gonna try to describe this for our audio listeners. Imagine a, a bracket behind your head that has a motor built into it with something that looks like long rubber bands or perhaps rope that go around a spindle and the spindle pulls on these ropes on either side. And then they come out to uh, poles that come out to each side of your head around the left side and the right side, and then come off of that to straps, which I presume you strap to your helmet or your head somehow or around your head. <laughs> what are you going to do if you don't have a helmet to your ears? <laughs> now, who really needs this is Adam, because he's he's talking about, you know, working out to get in better racing shape. And we told him he needs to make sure he actually does some neck exercises. I guess that the way that these things clip, if you get those big hold earrings, a lot of people could just mount them to that part instead of wearing a helmet, right? I mean, this with the GC, with the, the four legs of motion like Brian has, and and the seatbelt tensioner, I mean, man. Now, my question is, is these things are getting so, you know, the one thing that scares me with all these, like motion's fine, the seatbelt's fine, the seat moving's fine. I don't know if I trust still tra strapping something to my head because imagine, like, that. that's probably a huge workout on the neck. Like, <laughs> you're going to work the next day after you're first trying this. You're probably going to have a really bad neck. And, you, you know, you've seen in the movies how somebody can hack every little possible system. Imagine if somebody tried to actually hack this, right, and, you know, just take somebody out because they're using their head sim. Now, we're getting so more, so much more realistic here when – if you have this added with all the motion, with the wind simulator and stuff, when are we going to get like little spray bottles that spray water and mist it at you when you're racing in the rain? Wait, right? you forgot about Brian last year. He had the candle that smells like oil <laughs> and gas. 
So if you go to the website where you can buy this thing, you can literally buy it now. It's the second picture shows it attached to a helmet. So I think you do have to wear a helmet to use this. And it attaches right where the visor uh, would pivot. Uh, so where the visor is hooked is where it attaches. And uh, yeah, uh, it has some verbiage here. I'm going to read some of it. You can feel a lateral G-force according to your simulation software. Head weight is approximately 10% of body weight, meaning pulling sideways 21 kilograms for eight seconds while going through turn eight of the Turkish Grand Prix. Three and a half G corner if you have 60 kilograms of body weight. Could, so can you imagine using this? Um, should I just get my daughters to grab some elastic bands and they can just, while I'm racing, pull from side to side? Well, just imagine using this at Bristol. So helmet not included, but there is a head harness included. So you don't have to use the, the helmet. You, those, those black straps there, Greg, you wrap those around your head, around your forehead. <laughs> Crazy. That hurt. Next one's kind of a quick hit. We've got the CSL steering wheel from BMW. Um, it's a neat, unique one that also comes with the BMW branding on it. Pretty good. This looks more like the Xbox layout as far as uh, where the buttons are, right? Something more like your X, Xbox type wheel. Um, and it's running 140 euro. Ah, yeah. It's just that layout right there that, that Greg's showing on the video. Yeah, 140 euros available for pre-order. So spend, spend your money wisely and just get the BMW sticker and it'll be cheaper if you would just have one of those other ones because it'll be the exact same rim. Well, how much was that rim for you when you got that one? That one came with the base, but I think it's only ninety nine ninety nine if I remember correctly. But, I mean, you know, it's a nice basic rim. I mean, it's always, the, I use that rim for rallying because it's nice, quick, tight turns. You can turn the wheel real quickly with it. It's not a big diameter rim. We got another Barry video, Simforge Mark One pedals from. Well, there's some new updates for it actually. Apparently, yeah, the website Simforge.in. They've been selling these for a long time. This is an update, and uh, according to Barry, it's a nice update. Um, they've taken into consideration some of the changes that would be beneficial to make the pedals a little better. Uh, and I, you know, I think they even got those ideas from Barry's original video of their original set of pedals, and uh, and he seemed to be pleased with it. Now, the pleasing part of this is the price of these pedals. I mean, three hundred sixty-nine dollars. If these are load sale, that's a pretty good price. Right. Exactly. I mean, for for the price, what you're getting. I mean, it's not bad, and from what I can tell, it even includes the bass. Uh, as well but they've been around a while i don't know of a lot of people that have them but they're from india and that's probably why so looking at the data he's showing and the one thing here the raw points of thing like it has like over twenty thousand points like more than twenty thousand points of contact like that's pretty good for a set of pedals like it's got a lot of fine tuning yeah pretty high resolution there yep Okay, have we talked about this before? Or I don't remember ever covering this one, but I've heard something along the lines. Uh, Chris Hay posted a video on his YouTube channel reviewing the new Fanatec CSL load cell kit. So I guess this is an upgrade for just the, uh, the CSL pedals? Yeah, the cheap entry-level CSL pedals are pretty cheap looking. 
from what I look, you know, from my perspective. But uh, according to Chris A, this is a must have if you're going to get these pedals. You have to get the this load cell kit to go with it or you're just wasting your time. It's an interesting little update that they have to their uh, base or set of pedal uh, configurations, right? Well, there's more options, right? Generally, for any of the pedals, the less travel, especially for the brake pedal, the less travel you get, if if it can still register your pressure, the better. Just so like tightening one. that up, right? That can I, can I take this yeah. next one? Sure, but I'm interested in it. <laughs> this, this, whenever, when I think of this thing, I think of Chris Sales, too. He would, he, this would be something he'd purchase. But uh, So it's called the Sim Shaker Jet Pad. Um, so Sergio shop in Russia or is a Russian company that offers uh, a SIM shaking jet pad, a heptic feedback with eight vibrating motors placed throughout the pad. Uh, so it's eight mini transducers, uh, here at the green X, uh, you can literally feel every slide from every angle. It's $320 shipped from Russia. It can arrive in apparently three weeks. Um, it's a USB, no sound card required. Um, kind of an interesting thing. It kind of just reminds you of like a heating pad for a seat type thing. And then it's got all these moving um, transducers, I guess, in it. Uh, it would be interesting to see if uh, there'll be any reviews on these at some, this at some point because it's definitely a different thing if you want to add a, a cheaper alternative to a, a, a base shaker, I guess, would you call it? Like another option of a base um, shaker? It's more expensive than a base shaker. Yeah, but it's but eight mean, base shakers. Yes. Directly on your back. Um, it's not as expensive as the G seat. And where, where it's going to be lacking is the G seat can basically simulate continuous pressure, especially if you have the belts as well. Um, but it, so it's a lot, it's an order of magnitude cheaper than a G seat. Uh, it's tempting for me because one of the biggest things that kept me from pulling the trigger on the G seat is that I love my current seat. It's just so comfortable already. But this look, this looks tempting right here. You could lay this on your seat and sit on it. So they have three different configurations too. So they have one that's kind of got the um, a normal uh, padded seat that just looks like a top of a seat. There's a, a toilet seat. I would call it like well, a toilet seat cut out. That's for the belts uh, like I have. You have the belts coming up through the crotch. That uh, have yeah, cut out that's there. true. Yeah, and then the last one's kind of just more of like a, uh, a rectangle square type pad. It's... It's uh, maybe if you have more of a, a lengthier seat and that don't have one that has wider hips for the bolsters, I guess. I think the last one is specifically for the, the uh, probably a little bit more for the formula seat, I'm guessing. Uh, that's probably a good call on that one. Now, I think I found this in a closed Facebook group. The commenters that provided the link swear by these. And that quote you read... Greg was one of those comments, but he said that they race with them all the time. They also uh, play Call of Duty with them and different things like that. So um, pretty cool. I think it would be effective because you're literally sitting on the transducers. And I, I, I just think it'd be super effective. I wonder what this would work for. Like I play like games like Farm Simulator or, or a Snow Runner where you're off-roading or bouncing around. I wonder if this would work in that with that as well so what is this pc tower cart with rgb it's just uh okay so this is pretty cool 
This is just a, a tray to set your computer on to make it look pretty because it's underlit it's or backlit or whatever you want to call it. And so you can get these on Etsy. Uh, the seller is Alma Ridge, and it's a matte white PC tower cart, he calls it. It's got yeah. RGB colors, $108. So it's LEDs that will just, you can choose the color it looks like, light it up. Probably even some programmables in there. Well, I think with sim rigs, I think everybody always overlooks what I'm, where am I going to put my computer? How is it going to look compared to my rig? And that was a big choice for me. And I wanted the rig to be one encompassing all on wheels. So I put my freaking computer on the rig. But if you're not doing that and you're not putting it on the rig like me, I mean, are you just going to set it on the floor? I mean, really? I mean, then how do you clean and stuff like that? So at least put it on something nice like a, you know, and this is a nice stand that's just like the perfect size. So it's custom because you got to go in and give your actual measurements for it uh, so that they can build it properly. Eh? Right. So it's custom to your co your computer. You can, you know, change the color of it. Uh, but yeah, it'll, it'll look, make your rigs look sharp, I think. But it, it gives you an, it gives me an idea. I mean, you could probably build something like this pretty easily. Yeah, but it's already it's not terribly expensive as it is already pre-built. Time is money. Right. Uh, it's it's it, you know it's a hundred and what thirty or so. Not, it's not terrible for a nice piece of furniture if you want to add that look to your computer. Two hundred dollars Canadian with a light. My concern is would it fit in with the light other lighting I have? You know, would it match that and that kind of thing? Well, if you didn't already have your rig, Mike, guess what you could do? You could actually drive to your local micro center now, pick them up. SimLab is available in Micro Center. That is crazy. Who would have thought? Now, we know that Sim, Micro Center has been selling Sim equipment, including, I think, Next Level Racing. Uh, but this is the first time I've heard of SimLab doing it. Yeah, I saw in our, our chat, I think a couple of the other rigs are being sold there now as well. Yeah, I think we have a story later. Tony Kanaan announced that Gomez Industries is also being sold in Micro Center as well, and some other brands that I forget. I think that's a good option, though, for everybody so that you're not paying the, the ridiculous shipping costs on the trying to get it to your house from wherever these are manufactured. Like if, you're, if it's manufactured, you know, if it gets shipped to the store in the States and then you can pick it up and put it in the back of your car, why not, right? Uh, anytime I can buy something in the store instead of having it shipped, I prefer to because I don't like I don't like the thought of it sitting at my door. Yeah, that's always the porch <laughs> pirates. That's real big yeah. here in Gilbert. Yeah, Did you get a look at this uh, button box here, Greg. Yeah, so one speed. Uh, I guess they're calling it a one three is the company. One three speed uh, is a circle track button box. So it's a one. It offers a, a Gen 1 button box signature edition. They feature a glare-resistant faceplate and a complete signature button layout. So there are 22 functional button box boxes are built with oval track racers in mind to help them quickly and easily manage their in-car adjustments as well as their pit stop strategies with one push of a button. Selling for 229, I guess that's American, I would yeah. guess. Uh, and they look uh, really nice. Um, it's uh, basically when you're looking at it, it, it looks like they're using like uh, a gray background, textured back type 
brush pattern. Metal. Yeah, brush metal, I guess. Yeah, with their logo. They've got a, an engine start button, two buttons on the outside of that one. Um, then they, they've started labeling a lot of this. It's always nice. It's nice and labeled. I, I mean, Tony's not here to, to give us a... Those are nice labels. How well, how well it's labeled, but he can he can let us know when he sees us sometime. But it's got a nice big button for pit in. Um, you got your front right, your front tires, uh, other tires, more buttons. You got fuel up and down. You got your repairs, pit out, in car adjustments. It, it's really well thought out for the oval racer. So a couple things: if you're selling button boxes, show us a picture of the back of it. So we can figure out how to mount it. I mean, I'm not going to buy a button box that I don't know how to mount. Now you have a button box, don't you, Mike? I do. Did you have to drill out the back ears, or did it have something to mount to it? It had a hundred by hundred millimeter Visa pattern, four holes, centered. So the one that I bought had nothing. It was a flat back. So basically, I just took the front plate off, put. Uh, some some screws through or some uh, nut or some bolts through it, and then put nuts through my rig to hold it to the rig. But it's just it's such a pain when you don't know how you're what you're getting for mounting it. Yeah, I was keen on looking at the back of it before I bought it, and uh, I paid a, a good price for this from ignitioncontrols.com, and I can't recommend it enough. It's been a great button box. The other complaint on this one that we're looking at is their logo. I don't want to see their logo on my button box. I mean, and it's big and loud and proud. And, you know, maybe if the logo was a little bit more subdued and small and, you know, I don't mind them having a brand, you know, but it's too big. Their big old logos going across a third of this box too much. It's kind of a waste of space. Yeah. It's too much. Well, the one that doesn't waste seem like it's wasting a lot of space is the Gen One switch box. I mean, it has a smaller logo on it, but you get more switches. Uh, you lose two of the bigger buttons, but I think you would get more out of it having the switches uh, than it. But they're either way. It looks like they take away something when they add something else into their button box. You can't get an all-in exclusive one that has a whole all these options too, unless. They have a custom feature, which I haven't been able to find. I think they do have custom, yeah. I, and, and I love the buttons, the style of the buttons they have and whatnot. They look good. They also have a holographic version, so it kind of has like a little kind of, I guess they're glare-free one, and now they're, they have this one, a holographic, and we kind of give you a little bit of a, a change in colors, the angles you're at, but guys like me and you, David, the button box could be any color it wants to be. It really doesn't matter to us. It's all about the layout. Yeah, and I like the way mine's laid out because I can feel it, you know, when I can't see it. One other thing I noticed when they mentioned this, the size, 7.7 .7 wide, 5 inch tall, 4 inches deep. 4 inches? That's deep. Probably just the board that they got. Or maybe it's just a generic. Um, I don't want a 4 inch deep. Because these button boxes will be what all three D printed. This one boxes. I have here is a maybe an inch and a half deep. These would be a three D printed box, right? Yeah, there's a, vi a picture on another page that shows it indicates uh, a three D print. Okay. Oh, I see it. Well, we already talked TR one twenty, right? So we this, did. this next one, um, we want to read this one. <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, 
pretty harsh criticism of Fanatec. Oh, I was hoping Tony would be here to read this one because you know how much he loves Fanatec. Well, Chris would be the real guy to have read this one. No, Chris is for Google and VR. So this is a post I saw from James Robert on Facebook. It's a picture of a post because it was a closed group. And, he, and I'm just going to read it, sort of. Anyone else feeling really cucked by Fanatec right about now? LOL. Got my CSL leaps at the beginning of this year. Coming from base Thrustmaster pedals, even just the move to base CSL elites was enough to keep me happy for a while. I told myself, I'll buy the LC kit as a future treat when I feel it's time to upgrade. And he talk, he's talking about the load cell kit. And now he says, now my pedals are bricked with only two options. Scrap my recent purchase and entirely repurchase crappier pedals or deal without the load cell until I can afford club sports. Also known as Deal Without Load Cell Forever, L-M-A-O, F-U, Fan Attack, F-U. So is this because they're not selling the load cell anymore? or did... Right. So if you bought the CSL Elites, uh, they did apparently sell a load cell kit for it, and now they don't. But that's well, the story. Hardware doesn't last forever, though. And you, right. take, the, you take the risk if you buy older technology that the support for it can go any day after you've purchased it right and it's kind of funny the guy gets roasted in the comments um stuff like you know you buy crappy pedals and what do you expect you know that kind of thing well that's yeah. one that's one thing you got to do research on like you you can't go and buy something that's if it's something you really gonna put your heart and earn money into you got to know where your risks you want to put you're going to want to put your risks lying at because you don't want to be it is an investment but you know a company can just go belly up and never have to support it again right fanatec could disappear tomorrow and i could be pissed right we could all be pissed could we not yep all right we got a few more quick hits before we move on uh i mentioned earlier before tony Kadon announced micro center is now the home of SemiCube. Gomez Sim Industries, Sim Lab, and Heiskenveld. And so you can get all those brands now at Micro Center. That green steering wheel, who is that? Who makes that one? That's the Gomez Industries. That's the Gomez? That's a really nice room. That's the Tony Kanon version. Yeah. That's awesome. The other one I'm going to hit on is uh, my upgrade. I, I, just, I, I wasn't done with my rig. Uh, I decided I'm going to do a butt kicker and Friday, Black Friday convinced me because I was able to get one, uh, a butt kicker gamer two at buttkicker.com on Black Friday for 170 no tax with shipping. And that was, uh, like $30 off. And with the no tax, no shipping, I, I couldn't pass it up. So I spent 170 on that. I went to Home Depot, uh, Tuesday and bought, uh, a four and a half inch by one inch pipe with a one inch floor flange to put the pipe into. Bolted that floor flange onto the back center of the bottom of my rig and the gamer will mount, will clamp right to that pipe and go straight up and down. Uh, just like Tony Rochette has it. I got that mounting idea from him. I also got the idea of a shelf from David. Uh, Hey, we need a shelf to put the amplifier on. Um, and uh, 
David, you built a shelf, and so I decided to build a shelf, but I decided to do it a little bit easier. Instead of metal, I went and found a piece of wood at uh, Home Depot that was made by Rubbermaid, and it's got a certain coating on it or whatever to make it look Rubbermaid, but it almost looks like a piece of metal. And so then I drilled four holes in each corner, uh, put a corner, uh, corner block on each one, and basically bolted it onto the rig uh, right below and in front of my pedals. And it's like going to be the perfect spot for the uh, amp for the butt kicker. Get the butt kicker on Monday. I cannot wait. Warm. All right. And with that, we're going to jump to results. NIS, well, it's off season. Daytona 500 next. I did have uh, in official racing uh, four wins at Road Atlanta. I've just been having fun with the PDS racing. One of them, Back I yeah, one of them, I tried to get my, Greg to race with me, and then he backed out on me on Friday night, <laughs> and I was the only LMP to register. I let him have the win then. All right, let's talk uh, league racing. <laughs> The Fast Track Sim Racing League uh, recruitment race was Monday and hosted David P3. Yeah, as usual, I didn't qualify well, but I had a really good long speed this time. Um, everybody would really like to run the high line here, but once the tires got worn, if you were taking care of them, you could just I could just pick people off one at a time by going by apexing really good down low and getting around them made it up to third position and on a note i had one guy on one of the restarts he tried to dive us i think this is one of the recruit guys so you know, hopefully he learns um if you if you take somebody three wide and you drive in so deep that you can't stay low without breaking when you're in the gas zone uh contact might happen because basically on that one what happened i, I didn't end up dumping him and i didn't even really mean to hit him but i'm already i've already made my apex and i'm back on the gas but he realizes i'm about to undercut him and he gets off the gas when we're in the acceleration zone if you do that contact will happen I don't even remember how I ran. Do you remember? I think both you and Greg had had uh, bad days. Yeah, I, I side out. I side drafted somebody into uh, net code, <laughs> and that was it for me. Yeah, if I didn't write down the results, that means I walked away pretty unhappy. Let's talk winter league. Um, David, you were wrecked by someone not paying attention. Yeah, I I'd actually already had an, an incident with somebody else who didn't take it up to take it up all the way to the wall on the exit of a corner. I just kind of held you down, so I go to where I think there's not going to be a car, and suddenly there's a car there. Uh, but I had mostly recovered from that. Was struggling on the long run though, so I went ahead and short pitted, divided what was going to be a 150 laps run into 50 lap stints, and um, I'm passing a bunch of cars, you know coming with fresh tires and everybody's paying attention to relative and making sure they don't make any stupid moves and one guy he just uh he goes low when i go low and then when i go ahead i move to the outside to pass him on the outside he runs me all up all the way up into the wall so you know i, w I had a top five top ten car and uh got wrecked up i mean you were coming with a head of steam though at a very you know high closing rate and, and I think it was just, you know, he didn't see it or didn't know it or didn't realize it, but you were committed to the outside at that point. 
Well, I had to because he blocked the inside. All right, you know, I mean, nobody else had to be told, pay attention to the relative. I also wrecked out, but it started with, I had a wheel problem. I was racing and all of a sudden my force feedback stopped. I looked down at the display. It says hit OK to enable high torque feedback or something like that. Well, I don't have the kind of rim where there's an OK button anymore. or the, And so when I turn on the wheel, I actually turn the wheel halfway to the right and then the OK message goes away. So I spun down, I pitted under green, I turn the wheel off, I turn the wheel back on, it fixed it. Go out, I'm two laps down. So now I'm rolling around just trying to get my laps back and eventually I get a lucky dog as one. Then on this, I'm still a lap down and I couldn't get it back and uh, was getting lapped again. Uh, leader gets by just fine, I'm staying high letting everybody go. Second place comes up and we're right going into turn one and I'm against the wall and he comes up to kind of arc up against me so he can arc down into the corner and net code. I mean, he was coming pretty close. He probably wasn't gonna hit me, but the net code uh, happened at maybe 12, 18 inches apart. Um, it pushed me to the wall and it spun him and ruined Adam's chance at a win. Uh, apparently he was one of the fast cut guys uh, and so I feel bad about it, um, but I felt I held my line and the replay shows I held my line. I didn't turn down at all. Uh, he arced up, um, but I don't think he was going to hit me if there wasn't that code. So it was one of those deals. Looks like the only other thing we have instead of just text, we have a nice picture of a photo finish and uh, not the same names we always see in the Aftermath iRacers Lounge uh, truck race at OBRL. Yeah, somebody must have gotten to Steve Thompson because he's not here. It's Josh Robinson taking the win. Oh, this is why it's Bristol Dirt in the trucks. Eddie Jones second, Sean Sadler third. Uh, get her done racing. Let's talk about that. That was Monday night. Uh, Peter Kopko's race. Uh, Brian and Tyler were in that race. Brian, I believe, wrecked out. Uh, we don't have his result. I was listening in. Tyler, P5, he said, had a great time drafting with Brian. Even got to draft with Chris. Apparently, Chris was in the race too, but he wasn't in team speak. Brian and Tyler were, so it was kind of weird. But uh, he said, missed hitting the clutch all the way on the last pit stop, uh, which set Brian and I back, but we raced back up. All right, uh, let's get into final thoughts. David Hall. Well, I bought a power supply to try to see if figure out if that's what causing what's causing my USB tracking issues. And uh, first time I booted up with it, it seemed to be working great. Uh, I got in and just tested a, some racing last night after installing it. It all ran good. I set it down and then went and played some uh, uh, Civ Five or no Civ Six, which I play when I'm not racing. And uh, the same weird glitch started popping up where when when I step up, literally when I get up out of my desk and walk away to use the bathroom or get a drink, it starts beeping that the USB power, something's disconnecting on the USB. And then when I come back and put the, the headset on, it's struggling to track. And uh, so the only remaining two options are reboot, see, see if it's software related because it does seem to get better when I close a lot of background apps. Reformat Windows. Yeah. Or or uh, 
it's time for a new motherboard, one of the two. Maybe so I'm going to do that. The, the fact that you're walking away and do you have carpet? Yes. And so the carpet could also be, you know, like a static energy kind of transfer kind of thing. But maybe it's a grounding thing. I just had an out of box idea. Get an extension cord, plug in the entire rig into the extension cord and run it into the bathroom or some other room of the house. Just to, just to try something. Is your, I was going to say, is your PC on the ground? No, it's on the desk. It's on a marble desk. Look up grounding and stuff like that. There's got to be a, because the fact that you're walking away from it is causing it. It's either like a loose wire or a grounding thing. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, it could even just be a timing out thing too, right? Like, you just got that time, it times out, right? Yeah, That's sometimes it, and it, it, well, it doesn't also, it also doesn't happen instantly when I walk away. It's just, it only, it tends to only happen once I walk away, but sometimes it can be a delay. That cable just could be plain wore out. You've just yeah. used it up, the cable to the headset. It's too bad that, you know, you know, if anything, live near somebody that has a VR headset that, that you could just try the cable just to try it, right? Well, yeah, or just see if I would see how the reverb would actually run. Yeah, the reason, that, can you even get one right now? I don't think you can. Can you? I don't know. Okay, Greg Hector's final thoughts. Uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. I don't know if you guys are going to race with me, but I'm looking forward to running the 87 car uh, for the first winter race of the year. Um, enjoying that. I uh, can't wait to run that series this whole off season. I hope it spurts more racing with that car too later on in next year. But uh, um, it'd be interesting to see how those races go. I didn't even see what the participation was on Wednesday in the other open. I uh, saw a post from Tyler Hudson from staff. He uh, skipped the winter league to run the 87 NIS. And uh, he showed a screenshot of his tire wear after a long run, and it was pretty low. So uh, he, he wasn't too proud of the tire wear. Um, so watch your tires. Yeah, I think I'll run that. That sounds like I don't have anything to run Friday. So, uh, yeah, we'll probably run that. Well, we know you're good with tires too, right? Yeah, I'll be perfect in that situation. Well, you, you're really good at doing the math at the minimums amount of time per tire. So that's probably when you're going to have to pit. Yep. You mean you mean Siri's really good at it? Yeah, I'm asking Siri to do now, <laughs> which is great. When you're just you know you're driving, you need some quick fuel calculation. You just hey Siri. All right, uh, my final thoughts: uh, the butt kicker, man. I thought it was just going to be uh, okay without it. Like I, you know, I wanted my stationary cockpit. I wanted everything rock solid. I wanted it to look a certain way, and I accomplished that. But hearing my team talk about butt kicker and what it does for the experience and the, the clues, the cues that it gives you on tire slippage and different things like that, I just can't resist. And, uh, and I just think it's going to work out well. Um, the cockpit is very solid. And so by having this right connected, like right below my butt, it's going to be a kick in the butt, literally. So, uh, can't wait to try it, and uh, I'll let you guys know what I think next week. With that, we'll see you on the track. Later.
Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.